Uh, hello? <clears throat> Hi, Claire. How's it going? Going good. Um, just a moment. <clears throat> uh, how's your day going? Um, what kind of work do you do? I work for a fashion brand and I like draw on clothes for them. Right, this is, um, Bode, right? Oh yeah, it's actually pronounced Bodhi, but I didn't know that. I was pronouncing it Bode until I like started working with it, so. Okay. Bodhi. Yeah, I, I saw, um, on your blog, Seth Rogen wearing your clothing it's it's that's like my, probably my favorite image <laughs> it's so crazy um yeah <laughs> but like my name isn't anywhere on the brand it's just like i it's just like my day job that i like draw for them but it is still pretty tight to see seth <laughs> Yeah, uh, you do, um, are you the, are there other artists who work on it? Who do the drawings as well? Yeah, it's, it's like me and uh, two artists who are always working it. Wait, let me just close my window. I just realized the street gets pretty busy. I should probably not have that. Okay, that's gonna be better. Um, it's like me and a, t and a team of artists. There's usually like uh, four people working at a time. And they're all like originals, right? Like it's not printed, it's... Direct. Yeah, it's all, it's all directly on the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So were you just drawing? So uh, was today a drawing day? The only thing I do there is draw. Like one of my other coworkers is, does like all of the scheduling and like tells me what to draw on and stuff. And then I just like <laughs> draw for like eight hours a day. Is that, it kind of sounds, it kind of sounds nice. It is, it's nice a lot of the time. And sometimes it's kind of a grind. It's almost like being an animator, I imagine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's nice to just be like using my hands all day. Are you like, you're a recent, kind of recent grad? 2019, so pretty recent, pretty recent. I missed all the Zoom classes and stuff like that, so. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, what are you reading? Uh, what am I, like, what books am I reading? Yeah, oh yeah, are you reading anything? Yeah, I'm reading Gravity's Rainbow. Okay. Have you ever read that? No. It's, um, it's great. <laughs> it's like one of the best books I've ever read, honestly. Uh, Are you reading well, anything? Um, I'm reading... I got a couple things from the library the other day. Um, uh, one book is um, The Invention of Whiteness. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, I've only just kind of started, but I've, I've thought about that book for a, for a while. I guess the idea of, uh, his idea is that the notion of whiteness is sort of, you know, it's a more recent, Kind of American concept. Yeah. Um, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. 
it's written by um, like a working class guy. Um, and um, yeah, that the notion like is formulated pretty directly in connection to um, the establishment of the slave trade. Yeah, totally. I almost feel like it like uh, made all the white people all of a sudden think of themselves as like one thing rather than like a bunch of different uh, like European, <laughs> different kinds of European. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, he focuses on um, a, uh, like he sort of pinpoints because he was looking at, um, I think he was like a, he was a librarian um, and he pinpointed that the term white doesn't appear on census records until a, a couple hundred years in. Yeah. And uh, he sort of focuses on um, a slave rebellion Bacon's Rebellion, where uh, indentured servants and so like white indentured servants mm -hmm. and um, black slaves rebelled and they like work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was quelled. But then after that, this kind of concept starts like coming up where there's like a greater distinction um, like the, because the indentured servants didn't really like, the thing with them is they um, would get released after a certain amount of time and they would be given land, but they would be given land at that point on like the outskirts of settlements where they were um, yeah, in danger um, from the native population. Uh, and so they were resentful of that. They would, you know, frequently die. Um, and, uh, but I guess like the white thing kind of gives them, gave them like some cope or whatever. Yeah, it was almost like a pressure release or something to be like, oh, you guys are all, you know, aspirationally like us. You're not just like another oppressed group that could like, uh, join forces with the others or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like the, I guess like the hopeful aspect of the um, conception is that it runs contrary to uh, um, the idea that the, like the racism as such, um, is what slavery emerged out of. It like posits that um, that it comes after that structure, like it comes to justify it rather than rather than suggesting, I guess, just like that people are just nat naturally um, uh, racist, I suppose. Yeah, like it almost was a tool. I mean, if they were like, even if they were like on the outskirts of settlements, it almost seemed like giving them land there almost like made them do the dirty work in a way of like pushing the native populations like out of that, like keeping them out of the settlements in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this weird buffer of like sort of <laughs> like lower class white people who are like defending the middle because they, that's where they're given land or something. Yeah. It's like they're assigned to the racism in a weird way. I guess that's a very modern conception, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, do you, um, are you, uh, what kind of <laughs> class background do you come from? You don't mind? Um, oh, I don't mind. Um, I come from a pretty upper middle class background. Right. Um, I grew up on Long Island. Um, with like eight siblings <laughs> and I was homeschooled. Eight siblings? The, uh, yeah. What's so, the, what's the yeah. gender breakdown? Like a lot of girls or a lot of boys? Lots of girls. Um, six, 
sisters, two brothers. Okay, okay. I keep running into, I keep um, knowing people or talking to people who, yeah, a lot of, it'll be like a lot of, there'll be a lot of um, sisters and then just like one or two brothers. The future is female, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You feel like a lot of um, do, do you like talk to a lot of comic artists who come from that background? That's kind of interesting. Um, let's see. I well, maybe by a lot I mean like well, like uh, well, my uh, no, just like my mom comes from that. She she's like seven seven siblings, and there was one brother. Wow, that's someone I was talking to recently. Uh, as a father of eight, and it's the same, like just one, one, one boy, and I think someone else, but it's, it's actually a small sample size. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, though. I feel like it's a, it's. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people I know like that. Um, I know a lot of like boy families, though. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not like a, it's not a rule. It's not. It's not necessarily. <laughs> There's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel for my my uncle. Like, uh, seemed tough. Seemed tough for him. Oh yeah, I remember when my little brother was the only brother. Um, I think that it was pretty. I think it was hard in some ways because. I feel like he was probably a little bit like left out in a way, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's also, you know, it's also just nice to be like one of a kind. Mm -hmm. Did, um, are you working on, what are you working on? You actually caught me at a good time because me and some of my friends are going to do like a live comic reading in October. And so I've been like grinding on a new comic that I want to have finished by then. Um, and it's like pretty new for me because it's about, it's kind of like about this uh, kid that I half knew growing up. And like, it's a story about like him hanging out with my older siblings. And I'm only in it for like one second. Um, but so it's not really autobio it's kind of like just a retelling of that story but it's it's pretty heavily fictionalized but um i'm, I'm excited about it because i haven't like appeared in my own comic since like you know a few years so it's nice. i was gonna say that it seems like you i mean you draw yourself but it's in like <clears throat> images yeah. I'm, I'm almost like scared of autobio because i have this weird sense that like, I feel like a lot of um, comic artists sort of draw a lot of autobio because it's like fun uh, and cathartic, but then sort of get put in a box and their fiction gets like a little bit sidelined because people sort of know them. And so the autobio comics are like more approachable. Mm -hmm. um, so I almost am like hesitant to like draw a lot of that stuff because I don't, <laughs> I want people to read my fictional stories more. Which like your fictional stories have a recurring cast. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I've been obsessed with these characters for like years. And every time I start drawing, I just like think of new stories about them, which is kind of nice because they like have been consistent for a long time. Can you describe those characters? Yeah, I like am obsessed with this character named Mel who like has, um, it's most of the stories take place after he's had like a bike accident and like brain injury. And so it's like, he's sort of trying to like rebuild his life. So he was going to become a doctor, but now he's just like almost like a normal person because he's like had this injury that like causes him to have all these memory problems and stuff like that. And then it's like his two friends. And one of them is like, <laughs> I keep saying like, and now I'm noticing it because I'm being recorded, but um, one of them is uh, his friend who's like, who kind of makes documentaries, and then his other friend who's just this like evil sorcerer, 
who uh, makes potions and has a child. Are they, do they live in Long Island? Definitely not. Though that would be pretty cool. I should do more Long Island comics, but they live in Queens, which is like where I live now. Um, and where I was born. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was there. You didn't spend any time as a, did you grow up at all there? Or? No, not really. I grew up close, closer by than where I like lived in high school though, which is like, a very weird. I don't know. Long Island. Have you ever been to Long Island? It's I very weird. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's weird. It's uh, kind of a good setting, actually, because it's like so close. Um, it's like so close to New York City that everybody who lives there kind of like commutes to New York City for work, and then like, um, if they want to have any fun, they go to New York City, and so it's almost like you just go there and sleep, but it's like there's really nothing going on. And like, it's it's like a cultural void. Like if you go, there's there's nice parts of it, but most of it is like just empty sea. Um, hello? Hello, sorry, did I cut out? Oh yeah, for, for a moment there. It's an empty void is what you were saying. Yeah, it's sort of, it feels kind of um, post-apocalyptic in a way because like, it's full of these big box stores that like don't have anything in them anymore and um, kind of bad public transportation and then these like weird little pockets of like very, very wealthy people. And then like right next to just like pockets of like run very run down neighborhoods and like, I don't know, it's, it's a strange place. Mm. Yeah. I haven't been to to New York, which is uh, too bad. (laughs) Um. Honestly, I swore like two weekends ago that I would never go back to Manhattan though, but then I went back last weekend. But it's pretty, it's got, it's got its good points, but it's not, it's not all it's captive to be. Yeah. Where else have you been in America? Um, I haven't traveled too much in America, though I have been to San Francisco when I was a kid. And it was pretty cool because I was nine. So it was like a good place to be in. A new, it was like a good age to be in a new city that I'd never been. And um, I spent like three months there. So I kind of got to know it. That's a healthy chunk. I think um, San Francisco is the first other city that I went to. <clears throat> I was like 18. And uh, it was, yeah, it seemed amazing. Um, print culture at the time seemed really prominent in like 2007 or something. Oh, yeah. Everybody was like, had just rediscovered like risograph and like print, printing. I feel like. Yeah, that's a good point. The rediscovery of risograph is, is, it seems to be around that old, it's gotten like a decade in or something. Um, and now it's it has the, a what was that? It's sort of like created a new style of drawing. I feel like that's like really um, almost like, it's like everywhere now because if you put you can kind of put um, stuff through a risograph and it looks so cool. Mm. And I almost feel like it's like a, uh, yeah, it's sort of like created like a new style that's, that I like a lot of sometimes, but also can get a little tired. There is, is what you mean. I mean, I think of Lolly Westfind or I think of, um, uh, Anya Davidson or like this energy, this very energetic. Yeah, sort of like those, um, I almost feel like the color schemes that it created kind of like affected art because all of a sudden people are using these like kind of bright, like 
almost pastel-y, like very, I guess limited color palettes have always been a thing, but I almost feel like it brought back this like mid-century look of like. Mm -hmm. really cute names for the inks. Yeah. yeah. I used photograph a little bit at Parsons when I was going there and it was pretty cool, but it was very frustrating, I found. Uh -huh. um, but I feel like the stuff that I made on the photograph, I still love. They're hard to like, um, I mean, the thing, of, the thing of it was that there was like that revival because they were really cheap. They were being thrown away by post offices and stuff. Yeah. But then now it's expensive again. So it's not real. It's like the same people that got them then are like printers now. Yeah, they all have, they all, everybody who got like a risograph in 2007 has like a publisher now, which is pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I learned recently that there's a way to um, there's a there's a way to convert a uh, like an 80s cassette player mm -hmm. into a video camera. Really? Yeah, like you can attach this thing that was marketed to children, like Fisher Price made it. You uh -huh. Attach it to your 80s portable tape player and get this, um, yeah, janky low-res uh, film uh, or video, yeah, on it. Um, oh, maybe that's the next wave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there, there is that, like, I'm really, uh, I mean, there's always these waves of nostalgia, but um, personally, I've always kind of, for a while, um, avoided it or didn't like it that um nostalgia in itself or something but like i got but i bought like a vhs player recently mm, yeah you watch a lot of movies um probably not probably not really like a lot of movies would be like i probably watch it actually takes me a long time to watch a movie like i'll watch a movie over like three days Oh, I did that with the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, where I watched it over like three days. It's yeah, so it's long, right? Yeah, it's like three hours long. Yeah. Um, and actually, I just, um, my boyfriend had never seen Fight Club, so I was like, you gotta see it, it rocks. And he uh, watched it over like three days, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, maybe movies uh, are too long. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I feel like in the um, in the past, I used to really like find it very difficult to like sit down and watch a whole movie. But you know, I'm getting that concentration up, and now I can. I'm just. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good thing. But I like. I've been watching a lot of movies. Yeah. What? 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 Uh, what's a recent good one? Oh man, I have a real good one, a huge recommendation for you, but it isn't out yet really, but there's this French movie that's called Titan, and uh, I was in Holland like two, like a few weeks ago, because um, I just, it's sort of on a whim, because um, my boyfriend's like going back to the, his job, and, or like he's, he's been working his job this whole time, but he's like stopping being remote. And so he was like, let's like go somewhere. And we got like very cheap tickets there. Um, and I saw this movie because it had English subtitles. And I thought that it was just gonna be like a boring French movie, like a French film or whatever. And I was like ready for it. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit down and watch this like slow paced, like cerebral French film. And then it turned out to be like the best action movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> And it was like the the entire time I was just like, this is the greatest movie. <laughs> so whenever that comes out in the US, that's my recommendation. Okay, yeah. You watch this on the plane, or you watch you watch it in a sh in a showing? Uh, yeah, I watched it in a theater there. Okay. Um, yeah. For the record, I'm not like a jet setting, cool world traveler. But since you happen to catch me like right back from this trip, I'm going to milk it. Have you been to Holland before? I had not. You were there for a, for a little while, like a couple weeks or something? Just for a week, a week. But the greatest week of my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> it rocks. It's like the best place I've ever been. 
Yeah, what's uh, what's uh, like, what's different about Holland? Everybody is so nice. Like, it's very genuine. Like everyone that everyone almost seems like they like want to be friends instantly. And um, there's all these little towns that are like from a billion years ago, and um, they all look like everything is just so old there and like there's no suburbs so it's just the countryside and then Amsterdam at least where we were saying um and also I bike constantly so it was nice to be somewhere with like bike lanes where I wasn't gonna I wasn't like weaving through a ton of traffic and stuff like that um, and the chocolate is delicious yeah I recently discovered like a I found a movie that I <clears throat> um, that I love that I um, lost at some point. Like I couldn't find another copy of it for years. Um, this um, it's called Summer Vacation, nineteen ninety nine. Mm -hmm. um, it's a '80s Japanese movie. I'm ready. I'm putting it on my letterbox right now. All right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I can send you the Dropbox link. It's not easy to find, but um, it, uh, yeah, 80s, 80s Japanese movie. It's based on um, on a manga. Um, that one artist, uh, let me look her up real quick. Did you uh, read a lot of manga growing up? What's that? Did you read manga growing up? Not a lot, not really. Um, like a lot of well let's see did i read much manga i probably watched more anime on like burned burned cds that people were passing around damn that's pretty cool i, I feel like i was reading manga like at the time in the internet when like people would just scan everything and everything was free so it was like a truly beautiful time and then I sort of like got a little bit out of my manga phase, like right when the internet was like battening down the hatches on that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they don't do that anymore with manga, like the just the clicking through, like um, maybe they don't, or I don't know. But uh, yeah, Moto Hagio, so I was looking at the, the Heart of Thomas person. That's yeah. what it's based on. And, um it's it's um it's set in the future it's so it's made in the 80s it's set in 1999 which is in the future mm -hmm. um, it's boys on an island they're in like a private school together and they're left there there's no one else there there's just like four of them it, it opens with a suicide one of them jumping off a cliff. Oh. And then like a couple of days later, um, a, a kid who looks exactly the same as that suicide comes into town claiming to be a new student. Whoa. And, um, and it turned out that he killed himself because of unrequited love in this, uh, there's like a love triangle happening within this small group um and the they're boys but they're played by girls wow i'm looking at like images from it and it looks very good yeah and it's got this like german i think thing that they're that like a kind of fetish maybe for like 19th century German aesthetics. <laughs> that is so cool. I love the uniforms too. That's really tight. Um, yeah, not a lot. Let's see. Manga. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like it's sort of been erased from my memory. I must have spent some time on it. Yeah, it's kind of been erased from my memory too, but sometimes I'll like accidentally draw an expression or something and I'll be like, oh no, that's like, it's just like it's turning into a manga right now. I gotta pull back. Yeah. 
it's hard to get that drawing style um like out of your way of drawing if you like grew up drawing like fan art of anime and stuff like that yeah yeah no i think it's definitely there and when i draw um, totally yeah i mean it's there when i draw too i almost feel like i've like stopped i there was a period where i was like really trying to like erase it from my style completely because i didn't want to look like i was like a deviant art fan artist or something but then like all of a sudden that kind of became a cool thing to be so mm -hmm. <laughs> people are nostalgic for that mm -hmm. I so maybe i should do a little use of it i mean the influence is so huge yeah illustration in the west that um and yeah people were so are so um uh, I don't know, it just hasn't been addressed in a way because of like a deviant art association or fan art association. But it seems anytime anyone's actually doing, anytime it's not like a like a computer generated, like a like a AI made uh, illustration or whatever, it seems um, like if anyone's actually drawing, it's there's this Japanese inflection. That totally. Yeah, that is like a lot less awkward than when it, when people were first kind of being exposed to it, or at least exposed in mass in the eighties or whatever. Where it was very awkward when someone yeah liked anime and, and drew from it. Um, yeah. I remember like yeah, art schools. I don't know if it's still the case, but there were like uh, art schools that portfolio reviews they specifically say no no manga style no manga style totally yeah that was big um when I, even when i was going to art school i feel like that was like a big thing that people would say mm -hmm. um which is kind of funny but it's funny to be like to see that like everyone in a certain generation is like starting to adopt some kind of like new new way of drawing and to just be like oh yeah you can't draw that way so that's yeah. <laughs> but I could see that because it was one of the things that really was like kind of uh, like lowbrow culture in a way where people kind of like didn't think of it at all in the way that I feel it's thought about now. Same with comics, but I almost feel like with manga it was more pronounced. Mm -hmm. They were like, you'll never be a serious artist if you're like trying to copy this style. Yeah, I remember like a justification for some school, like they added a little like bit where it's like you'll never, you'll never do it as well. Like you'll never, you can't. Do it. Yeah. Um, this is anime I watched <clears throat> recently that uh, Flowers of Evil, Aku no Hana. Uh, have you heard of that? I have not. It's um, it's done with um. Oh, what's it called? The um, where because now I have risography stuck in my head, but it's not that. It's done with um. The thing where you. Rotoscoping. Oh yeah, I love rotoscoping. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, this anime is done with it. Well, but no one seems to like it. Like the uh, the consensus is because of the rotoscoping, people really don't like it. Um, yeah, people can find it really like uncanny. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I love that type of thing. I like when the, I kind of like something that's like a little uncanny like that. Honestly, um, have, have you ever like done any animation? not beyond like a few seconds or something like that yeah me neither I kind of wish that I had a setup because when I was going to school I was like getting really into doing claymation but I wasn't really able to hone the skill because I was just doing it for a class and like didn't really have access to the studio a lot yeah um it'd be great to see your drawings um, move um very recently I I feel interested in animation just need to find the time some time for it 
Yeah, someone's got to shake animation up. I feel like it's gotten very uh, kind of like there was a moment when uh, I feel like there was a moment when Adventure Time came out and it looked different than anything, and then um, and everything has sort of uh, gotten stagnant again in a way. It seems. Yeah. There needs to be like a new show to really shake animation up. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, Adventure Time being kind of the marker. Everything was kind of Adventure Timed, which. Seems to, it seemed like it came from live journal kind of. Oh man, yeah, so much came from live journal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss live journal. I had a good time there. Um, it was like live journal, then tum to, to Tumblr, Exodus. Yeah. Yeah, Tumblr is so funny. I feel like I like still really like it in a way. I almost like it, um, but but I always liked it because it wasn't ever like a social media for me. I was just like only followed like artists, and I feel like all of the stuff that people talk about when they when they talk about Tumblr is like a world that I wasn't as much in. Um, but it was so nice for art, and I feel like Instagram really isn't as good. No, I think yeah, there's no, nothing has really replaced Tumblr, and so it's in this state of it exists in this kind of post-relevant state is the but it's still pretty active i mean yeah it's just it's, sort of like in some ways it's nicer now and that it's not as contentious as say twitter is um, yeah <laughs> Um, I had a Twitter and then a good friend of mine had one and then it was like us and another friend of mine and then like two of my sisters and honestly I like only followed them and Kanye West and I would just tweet like things to like make them laugh which was ideal but then uh, recently I was just like I was looking at Twitter and couldn't believe it it's like such a because people always talk about how bad it is but it's like not only is it bad but it's also just like not funny at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very like uh it's very strange but i think the way to if you if you were to like um try to optimally <laughs> have a presence on the internet or something or at least i i think that it would be you would have to do t twitter plus podcasting yeah so that you can um I don't know, like people can get mad, mad at you on Twitter, but then you have this long form speaking that is sort of like louder than the crowd. True. To explain yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like being like an old time like radio guy where like people are listening in their cars and they might be mad, but you know, you're a little rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to become like a coast-to-coast uh, -coast type of radio person. Yeah. I'm just asking somebody later night. Are you into comedy? Um, you know, um, I'm definitely into joking around with my friends, but I feel like I have, I feel like I haven't really been um into comedy in a little while. I, I was like, really, I really like, uh, there's some comedy specials that I really love, but I don't like keep up with it. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of the time I just wind up, um, most of the time if I watch a special, I sort of just get like almost a little bit embarrassed. Um, mm. for whatever reason. I think that I have too much like secondhand embarrassment. Oh, for like the, for like the situ, like the, Secondhand embarrassment, like you're embarrassed for the comedian for being a comedian. No, definitely not for being a comedian. Almost like um, for being. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very difficult to explain. I feel like there's like if someone says something that is like very unfunny, it's like hard to. It's almost hard to watch. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, it's uniquely like. Um, the most um yeah you can die and it's very it's very dramatic and yeah very hard very hard yeah um 
but maybe they should start going to like more live comedy shows because that's that's always kind of fun mm -hmm. but obviously i stopped doing that for a minute so i would start to get my footing again in that world i i was I, for some reason i mean i thought because you are funny that that, that, maybe that that would be like a big a big reference but but, but um for a little while, yeah. For a little while, I would go to these open mics, and um, I remember, I remember the specific time that this guy came on, and I guess he was a regular there. That was a few years ago, like um, maybe early twenty sixteen, mm -hmm. and. Uh, he was talking about automation. Mm -hmm. Like he was uh, concerned that automation, that, that we were like human beings were programming our um, replacements, that we were bringing about our, um, our doom eventual like robot uh, overlords, I guess. It, but he, um, the thing of it was that um, he was very earnestly frightened by the concept and was actually using the comedy platform, like the open mic to voice this concern, like more like a prophet or something. <laughs> See, that is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> like that what was great about it too is that he couldn't like people were laughing mm -hmm. and he didn't want them to at a certain point you know yeah was, like this is not i'm not joking uh -huh. like he's just like we should you know enjoy our last moments together and he's like really scared and <laughs> <laughs> and people just like, kept laughing and laughing it was like the context was so um so there that he was just very funny yeah that's so funny i feel like that's a, the problem with comedy for me almost is that like it's too much of one genre and what really makes me laugh is something like that where it's like the <laughs> it's like two, these two genres that are like colliding together where the guy is like doing some sort of like end of days um prophecy but everybody just thinks it's stand-up and he, he kind of thinks it's stand-up mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then it makes it seem like it would be so easy if you can accidentally do it really well like that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like camp, naive camp. There's also like, like speaking of like genre, I, I watched uh, Eraserhead. I watched Eraserhead in a movie theater one time. Mm -hmm. And I had watched it before on a computer screen. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I don't know if you've been to a, um a showing of that but um people were laughing and it was like funny and when i watched it alone it wasn't funny at all was, yeah you know it was just like you know doesn't feel good or whatever <laughs> yeah. very, very funny on the on the big screen yeah i'm sure i feel like something like that is like a good social experience like i know that like the, when i first watched um uh, Nightmare on Elm Street I like watched it with a bunch of my friends when I was a kid and it was that same thing where it was like if I knew that if I had been watching it alone it would have really scared me yeah. um, but since I was watching it with all my friends it was like very hilarious and we were all just like laughing about it and then when I got home that night I was like so scared because I was just remembering parts of it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I find that movie pretty scary it's so um nihilistic kind of totally and it's like also the special effects are all like they feel very um they feel like concrete where i feel like there's a part where like freddie is like walking through like between these two fences and he just stretches his arms out really long and he's like pulling his fingers along both of the fences at once and it was like at the time it was so corny and funny to watch because it's like these old timey special effects. But then I was just thinking about the image later, and it was so scary. Yeah. Yeah.
I, I saw recently I saw the yeah Nightmare on Elm Street and then um, the sort of remake that they it's not exactly a remake but like a whatever what like a reboot of it from the 2000s oh interesting did it involve Wes Craven or um, Robert England? And uh, it was quite bad. It was like uh, the original movie didn't strike me as like a good movie, mm -hmm. but the 2000s one was so um, soulless that. And and what but what was intriguing about it too was that they reproduced some of those hokey special effects, but just with CG, and they mm -hmm. were. It seems so, um, like there's a, um, in particular, there's like a thing where Freddy pushes through a wall, you know, like his, like the form of him is like pushing out through the wall. Yes. The old one. And it's probably done just with like a sheet and some lighting, I think. And it's quite scary, I think. Yeah. And they reproduce that effect with CG and it wasn't scary, but it was like, you could have just done the sheet, the sheet and the light. It wasn't like a hard, I don't know. It just seemed, um, 2000 seems like, like not a great time for movies, maybe, or, I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel like um, as soon as, as soon as like, even if CG, like even if computer graphics look great, there's still like not as much um, weight to them where like, even if something happens and you like believe it with your eyes, I feel like it doesn't convince your mind in the same way where like, you're not as like invested in like suspending. I don't know, I almost feel like it's easier to suspend disbelief if things are like a little bit more, even if they look worse, if they're like more real and physical and they're like with the actors, I feel like it's easier to suspend disbelief. Yeah, yeah. That's where, like, I feel this investment in, um, in animation, actually, where, um, <clears throat> because there's, like, a time, there's, like, a period where it, animation kind of just stops. Almost. Mm -hmm. It's completely displaced by, by 3D and, uh, um, and CG. And it, there's something about that that is kind of, like, just not progressive, I guess. It's, like, um, I feel like something is being like um pushed as better when it's not it's Definitely. yeah i feel like people enjoy things um well actually i don't know people love people love animation all the time but i, I do think that there is something nice about being able to see something and imagine someone drawing it mm -hmm. but it's like alive i don't know it's very like there's something very um like interesting about it yeah Pinocchio is really beautiful, the old Pinocchio. Oh yeah, the waves. Uh, I like <laughs> love the, all of the scenes with the water just looks so amazing. And you can spend so much time animating them. Yeah. I, um, and then the 90s, like, it seemed like the movies were dramatizing this transition. Mm. Like, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Cool World like this, uh, the real world is meeting the cartoon world, uh, space. Oh, yeah, to completely, yeah. I feel like they were, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a good example, and also Space Jam. Um, but yeah, I feel like they were, that was like a big, uh, like, innovation. Yeah. But I guess that's much more TV, but I haven't seen it in a minute, so I really remember. Yeah, like, Toy Story came out in, let's see, Toy Story came out in the 90s, or is it? Yeah, no. I actually never saw Toy Story. Oh, wow. Well, uh, yeah, I never saw like a bunch of those old movies for some reason. They just, I just missed them. I, uh, a friend who I just like explained the movie Ghost to. She, mm -hmm. she never saw that. Did you see, have you seen Ghost? I don't think so. Oh, wow. Is it animated? Wait, isn't it like an animated movie? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, Ghost is a 80s movie with Patrick Swayze and uh, he um, and Whoopi Goldberg and he uh -huh. 
he and he's dating Demi Moore and he gets killed but then mm -hmm. he uh he it turns out he can kind of stick around as a ghost yeah I mean it's most well known for a a scene like a like a very erotically charged scene where uh Demi Moore is um a, what is it throwing a pot you know like Oh, yes, I have seen this. I have never seen the movie, but this is like, I have seen this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Patrick Swayze behind her, uh, he's, he's dead. Mm -hmm. And yeah, f helping her form the, the pot. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> My friend didn't know that he was dead in this situation. Oh my gosh, that improves the scene so much. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. What comics are you reading? You know, it's funny. I, well, I do always like read my friends' comics when they make them, but uh, I almost feel like I'm in like, I've been in a period for a little while where I like haven't really read anything, any new comics because I've just been reading books. Um, but mm. I feel like anything, by my friend Angela Fanch, have you ever seen any of her comics? Yeah. Every time that she draws something, it's like my favorite thing that I've ever seen. Like, I think that she's my favorite artist. Oh, wow. um, because if you hang out with her, she like acts in a way and like talks in a way that's so perfectly captured by her comics that it's like, it's, it's really like amazing. And I feel like if I didn't know her, I would like not understand like that aspect of it. But if you read them, they like read exactly like the way that she is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she's just very like, um, she's very um, genuine. She doesn't have any like artifice at all in her comics, which is rare. Um, and uh, also I just love the drawings. <laughs> you mean artifice in the sense of like, uh, well, just like, it's just, it's just, I guess, like what you're, what. The opposite of what you're describing where it's like it didn't happen that way like or she doesn't speak this way almost in a way of like i know that when i when i draw comics i like want there to be well i guess i have trouble or i'm not sure if i am able to like capture the way that i would talk authentically sometimes i get it but like it's it's a very difficult thing to do um to be able to like write something that sounds um, that's like, you know, authentic voice, I guess. Um, but I think I know her well enough that whenever I read one of the things that she writes, I just can like hear her saying it to me. Um, and like, just the wording of the things that she writes is like so real. So I can like, I think that honestly, I think that if, even if you didn't know her, you'd be able to feel it in the comics, but that's something very specific about her work that I feel like I really admire. Mm -hmm. I guess we, because I almost feel like I'm like pretty guarded and like not uh, not as like willing to sort of I always feel like I'm <laughs> even if even if something's very authentic I feel like it's got like the layer of fiction over it that I almost feel like when I take away the layer of fiction it's like much more difficult for me to write something that feels like it's really coming from me because I'm sort of like worried about the way that people perceive me, you know, if they read it. Have, have you been reading anything that you're really into lately? Um, comics is like, um, I mean, it's mostly, yeah, it's mostly like online individual users and fragments. I I feel into um, I talked to him uh, recently uh, for this, um, but Josiah Parker. Mm -hmm. You know him? I honestly don't know anyone's names, but if I look it up, I'm sure that I've seen it. Well, he has like a Okay, well, on Tumblr, he's um, Cybus. Okay, uh, well, he, 
Who's been doing these these drawings and, and comments of a a dog character who wears a hat? Mm -hmm. And um, very clean. He comes from um, he comes from animation. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like scrolling through his Tumblr now, trying to describe what's going on. Um, but I can't really, it's mostly in the line. It's mostly in like a certain sort of, um, like he feels very at home there in drawing. Mm -hmm. um, and in comics, like who else? Now I'm just like opening the alt comics blog. What have I been looking at? Um, yeah, I guess not really. I think about comics a lot. Um, I guess I'm just thinking more about just, yeah, drawing my own drawing less than other people lately or more than other people. Yeah, I feel like I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with comics and like draw them a lot. But then um, if I'm not going to the art fairs and stuff that I used to always go to in New York, I feel like I don't have as much exposure to it just in, in terms of like reading new things and stuff like that, because uh, that was really what kept me um, kind of in the scene was that I was like always going to these events like uh, Comic Arts Brooklyn and things like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, in, and you know, it's funny, I feel like I uh, am such a, I like never bought, never really buy any books. I usually borrow them or um, get them from the library. And that's much more limiting because I have friends who have like huge libraries of tons and tons of comic books. And I feel like it's, hard to it's almost like kind of it's kind of expensive honestly yeah and, and relying on stuff the library has is bad yeah yeah it's it's like um it feels as if the practice of it um especially with the shows shut down Mm -hmm. And then the way that comic book stores, for the most part, are like um, not generally catering toward the um, art market or the side of things. No, not at all. Yeah. So it's very, it's like finding, there isn't really a strong, um, core to this thing, I guess. It really feels like there's like these, yeah, the creators that I'm interested in feel a little bit like disparate. I mean, they know each other. It's like a social. Yeah, I always experienced it much more as a social world and um, never really, I didn't really go to a lot of comic stores, but printed matter rocks in New York City. So whenever I get to go there, I'm like, oh, people are still making comics, this is amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just get kind of like a shot in the arm, but it's pretty far away from me since I live all the way out in Queens. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it feels like a very much like there could be an institution built or that there should be or something for, I think a lot about um, someone who isn't a creator and who also isn't um, like a like a, a nerd or fan type of person, mm -hmm. uh, maybe someone more oriented toward art or literature, wanting them to find the stuff in comics that would appeal to them, but mm -hmm. imagining having to like go through so much other stuff to uh, to find it, um, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very like unnecessarily like it seems like comics could be popular if they um 
did everything really differently on the distribution side of things, but. Absolutely. I mean, people loved holding a comic in their hands and, you know, especially like the, I, I feel like when I was really, really into um, printing all my comics, because I had the uh, Parsons Print Lab, um, and that was like great. I felt like it was really nice to be able to like hand someone something. And I don't know, it's like much more accessible that way, but um, yeah, I feel like it's a little bit, it definitely is like kind of an insular group. Yeah. No, I actually re just remembered like, have you, have you ever seen two by two periodical? The, um, two by two? Uh, it's this guy, he's, he's like, so it, he, he makes this thing that's like basically a flyer um, and it's called two by two. And I picked one up when it was like, like a, <laughs> right before the pandemic at this great art bookstore that was like near where the Bodhi studio used to be. And um, he just like makes these flyers and then distributes them around in New York. And like anyone can, they're, they're all free, but they're like at basically like every nice bookstore in New York. It's like kind of cool. And he, uh, and you can submit stuff and it's a, just like great writing and great drawings. Like every time I get it, I think it's monthly. And every time I pick one up, I'm like so interested in everything in it. Um, I feel like he's good on the distribution thing. It's mostly writing? It's, it's mostly like small pieces of writing that are about either like things going on around town or like a little piece about uh one piece of art or like one uh yeah i don't know it's it's hard, kind of hard to explain because it's very broad but i feel like you should look at it because i think that it would be i think it's that everything you might be interested in but it's basically like a flyer that's like wide very that he widely distributes around like new york um yeah i'd like to see that uh i i google searched and uh what comes up as a nicholas sparks novel <laughs> I think his Instagram is like two number two x number two periodical. Okay, yeah. That's the, that's my cutting edge. Um, that's my cutting edge new favorite. Cool. Um, any uh, any shout outs or things that you'd like to promote or um, quotations? Um, yeah, I must have some. I feel like I just, I'm excited because I am making this new comic for the reading, but I'm also going to print it. So whenever that goes, probably within like, probably in early October, uh, you might be able to. Are you still there? Oh no, I can't hear you. <laughs> that's not good oh i think i heard you okay wait sorry can you oh, hear me yeah i can hear you yeah my computer my computer is old as hell but hopefully oh oh but i was just gonna say there, there's just stuff on my website store that i um um yeah i'm always just putting stuff up there like now and then so keep an eye on it the reading the reading is next month yeah, it's uh, I don't want to blow up the spot because it's going to be on my um, it's going to be on my boyfriend's roof, so I don't want to like shout out his address, but it will be. <laughs> it will be going on. I'll be posting the flyer, and if you uh, DM me and I think you're cool, then I'll let you know. <laughs> but that's not a very good thing to promote, I guess, because it's a pretty small event. Mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah, I think that new comic, it's called Maggie, and it's going to be out in early October, probably like by, yeah, by like the first two weeks of October sometime then. All right. Um, and it's got a lot of rhymes and songs in it, so. Your, your own rhymes? I'm always thinking of rhymes. I can't help it. Every time I like start to draw something, I accidentally start putting like weird rhymes into it. And I have to, I have to pull back on that. But I let it completely go in this one because it's, 
about children, and so you're kind of allowed to put like weird schoolyard rhymes in here. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> All right, Claire. Well, thanks for talking with me. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Um, well, yeah, I'll talk. I don't know. I'll <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk soon. I feel like we've had like. It was interesting to talk. I was like very um, excited to talk to you because I feel like we've like sort of been um, like, I feel like I've like seen alt comics and like followed them for such a while. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to like actually get to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great talking to you. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch that movie. Um, oh, sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, Titan. Is that what it was? Uh, Titan. Yeah, everybody. Seriously, it's the best movie ever. Everyone has to watch it. Okay, everyone has to watch that movie. <laughs> Don't read anything about it either. Let it surprise you. That's the first time to do it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna have dinner. Yes. Yeah, it was so nice to see you. I'll see you. I'll see you around the internet.